You're listening to Music Tectonics. Hey, welcome to the 100th episode of Music Tectonics Podcast. Hey! <laughs> we started this in December of 2018, and I decided from the beginning we wanted to do an MVP, Minimum Viable Podcast, and that's how we've cranked out 100 episodes. We did at least one every week. There are moments... Uh, a year ago today, for example, we launched the ability to do a mobile podcast over at uh, Meetum, which we wish we were in Cannes this week, but it's happening digitally right now when this thing airs. And uh, today uh, we decided to try video. If you're listening on audio, you're not going to miss anything other than our faces. We just <laughs> wanted to try something a little different with our MVP. We've been doing so many Zooms and, and webinars and uh, all that stuff that we thought, let's apply it to the podcast. We keep learning as we go. And I'm so excited. I have my all-time favorite guest on Music Tectonics. She's not exactly a guest because she's our alternate host, uh, Tristra New Year Jaeger. She's our lead writer and strategist at Rock Paper Scissors. I didn't even introduce the, myself for the podcast. This is Dimitri <laughs> Vitsa. I'm the host, and I'm also the CEO and founder of Rock Paper Scissors. We're a music tech uh, PR firm. And uh, like I said, we, we're up to our 100th episode. Super excited. The reason Tristra is one of my favorite guests, and she's done a lot of um, podcasts with me, without me. She's done them solo and so forth. is because she's one of the smartest people I know. Oh, and shocks. she's been with me for <laughs> over 13 years at Rock Paper Scissors and pivoted every step of the way. So it's so great to have you on again, Tristra. Hey, hey no, I'm very happy to be here. And um, it is an amazing, I'm just going to do something that Midwesterners don't like to do, which is brag on uh, ourselves. Um, and that is to say, it's amazing to reach 100 podcasts in that short span of time. And if you guys know Dimitri, you know, he does a lot of other things as well. So Dimitri, big um, list, I'm going to take a moment to like, just say big ups to you and and thank you thank you thank you take a bow yay okay back padded okay there we go okay we got that out of the way oh that was embarrassing um <laughs> yeah so today on our 100th episode we thought we would kind of do a recap of what's been going on in music tech and the music industry just things that we've noted um from the past year plus since we started the podcast in these first 100 episodes. And so it's going to be kind of like some of the news roundups we've done on the podcast where Trisha and I just rap about stuff. and uh, But a little bit kind of like a little broader view and also bringing us up to date right now because obviously um, we're recording this on May 29th. However, it will uh, be airing on the first uh, Thursday of June <laughs> 2020. Um, and so we've just kind of uh, taken a look around post-COVID uh, lockdown. A, a lot of places are opening up. We're not opening up yet. We're, we're going to wait and see uh, what happens here. We're not we're not following government orders. Sorry, we're going we're gonna to stay safe. Going and, rogue. And that's why we're um, we're remote. You see Tristra's at home. I'm at home with my uh, my His tropical It is tropical thing. paradise home, yes. Exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, a lot has happened since we launched the podcast. Obviously, we, we had the Music Tectonics Conference last October 2019 in LA in person. We had over 400 people in attendance and that was great. We still have a, a hotel set for this October in LA for, a, for a, a conference as well. We have to talk to you guys out there in podcast land to see if you're able to come out, if we're, if we're all feeling safe and excited to finally meet back up. And I'm sure that ha depends on what's happening with the, the health and, and, uh, and not just policies, but how, how people, what people's appetite are for that. And I'd actually like you to contact me and tell me 
what you think about an all-person conference in October. So you can you can tweet at us, you can LinkedIn at us, you can Facebook, you can post to the musictectonics.com website or the app. The Music Tectonics app is something we just launched, app.musictectonics.com, which is not only a Music Tectonics community app, it's really meant for all music tech, music innovators to come together. We post tons of articles there. We've got free resources and so forth. So join there. I'll talk about that more at the end of the podcast, but join there, app.musictectonics.com, and you can give us our feedback um, there. So Trister, let's kick this off talking about the 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 time since uh since we started the podcast and what's been going on i asked you for some suggestions of some of the trends that have been going on and the, and the first thing you mentioned was tiktok what did you want to say about tiktok i mean well tiktok has been um has really been playing a really prominent role in uh, a lot of what has been discussed in recent months um and it is it's it's having its like i I've saw i saw a journalist call it it's snap moment it's snapchat moment um, so it's like the hot new app that all the young cool kids are using. Um, though, I've, of course, the demographics are shifting under um, lockdown, which is an, a whole other conversation. Um, but it's also been, um, you know, since Little Nas X, it's really sort of come to everyone's understanding about how TikTok can surface songs in such interesting ways, um, both new and interesting um, artists that no one had heard of before, like sort of feel like they're coming out of nowhere, though it's not, it's never exactly true. But then there's also the deep catalog that's being surfaced by TikTok. So a lot of folks are having fun um, either like not breaking their stride or um, telling jokes to Harry Belafonte or all sorts of really awesome stuff. And I love that young folks are, are getting to engage with things like Harry Belafonte. I mean, like what, what an amazing artist. Or ABBA. Or ABBA, for that matter. Those 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 golden golden oldies, um, and it's you know, and it's just it's just really cool to see how uh, you know people are taking this and being creative. Um, at the same time, there's a lot of interesting activity, commercialization, international intrigue. Um, so TikTok is you know whether it's a good marketing platform, you know what genres it's good for, like is it is it already you know washed or whatever, whatever those kids say. Um, so it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on and, and, um, one thing that's cool is that while I think it's being embraced by sort of the traditional music business, um, there's always a little bit of, there's more and more sort of platform wariness, not, maybe not the reactive, like we're going to sue your, your ass off kind of nineties approach. Like, I think that we've learned lessons from that. Um, and that there's a, but there is an interest in like, all right, let's get this stuff licensed let's talk let's figure this out how can we use this is it useful to us do we want it? we don't want to like give away the farm but like what you know what are how do we how do we there, there's like a different kind of negotiating i think going on with pla you know with with platforms in the state age not to get too um far field but yeah TikTok. <laughs> yeah so TikTok. i mean the thing is you know when it started to emerge, first of all, people were really cognizant of the fact that it was a Chinese company. And there were these algorithms that didn't make sense to a lot of people here. There was like this strange, like skyrocket when you first get on the platform that was new and different. And so there's this sense of discovery that could happen there. And, uh, and of course, you know, you have this iterative process where younger generations will join a platform that older generations can't even understand why it exists. And I think you're right with the lockdown, we're seeing more families getting in on the dance competitions and 
and and pranks oh, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it was so weird when Vine came to a similar rise of notoriety and like literally mm-hmm. disappeared overnight. There was clearly a yearning for it. And TikTok's a little bit different, obviously, than how Vine Vine operated. But TikTok mm-hmm. seems to be hiring fast. They seem to have a strong U.S. presence mm-hmm. of, of staff and so an awareness mm-hmm. of U.S. culture in addition. So it's not just this... Um, thing from far away that's taking over here, but um, and they seem to be pivoting in terms of um, quickly watching the, what the uses are and evolving and adapting. So um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up TikTok just because it, there's so much activity there right now. Um, interestingly, yeah. since TikTok arrived on the scene, I feel like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and of course Twitch is a whole other story we could talk about, but have also kind of ramped up their engagement on music. They've been, you know, they've been, obviously mm-hmm. YouTube's been doing it all along, but um, but with Facebook and Instagram it pushing pushing some of the licensing conversations forward, whether it's about recorded mm-hmm. music or whether it's about DJed music, that's hot right now to, to figure out, you know, pulling down streams again is, is happening a lot. Um, yeah. But it seems like yeah, TikTok yeah. is adding some variety to the mix. I don't know what the impact or influence on, on Spotify has been of, of TikTok or of Apple Music or Pandora. It really feels like it's more of the social the social side and, and the question of what happens when music is pulled off of a purely music listening experience into mm-hmm. a different type of experience. Yeah, it's more of a little fandom, you know, cauldron, which doesn't really exist on any of the streaming platforms in any meaningful way. Um, I, as I, I'm now, I'm not looking at this right now. So shout at me if I've got this totally wrong um, world out there. But I believe we we were looking at some info from Chartmetrics, um, and they seem to imply that. Uh, when when there when something's taking off on TikTok, you also see you may see some bump in streams. Um, so I think it 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 can work as like a, a big amplifier, um, and it can contribute to um, things that are more directly monetized for artists, um, but not necessarily. I mean, for instance, like the Break My Stride example, it started charting, um, and uh, you know I don't believe TikTok is 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 the, is playing a role in that. Um, it, I mean, playing a role in in the actual charting process. It's it's stimulating people to go out and find the song and listen to it elsewhere. So um, it's not a completely enclosed, the cool thing you know, about what TikTok is introducing is that we've been leaning first on user generated playlists, then an editorial mm-hmm. playlist algorithms. There's tons of like a year or two ago, tons of conversation about uh, user generated playlist versus algorithms, you know, and, and lean back and lean in mm-hmm. internet, you know, interactive, uh, interactive streaming versus non interactive, lots of conversation about that. But TikTok is actually bringing in the idea of social based discovery, which has kind of been missing mm-hmm. in a lot of I mean, obviously, you've got Instagram Absolutely. and Facebook where some of that stuff is happening, but it doesn't have as tactile and auditory feel as TikTok where you get connected because of a video, it could be a dance craze, it could be a prank, mm-hmm. or it could just be a, a homemade music video but there's a way in which it's stickier than youtube where somebody can interact and then everybody's like they're interacting around a song they never would have listened to so i've got a 20 almost 21 year old kid and in college and she's discovering music now from tiktok memes um whereas before she was relying solely on well first youtube and then when i got her a spotify family subscription Mm -hmm. then spotify algorithms and obviously her friends all the time but you get this sort of like this other type of like 
um, spiky discovery process that's happening that's really interesting on TikTok as well. So, uh, Tristra, one that I wanted to bring up related to music listening is Amazon Music because I just saw our buddy mm -hmm. Kevin Bruner from CD Baby, uh, VP of Marketing there, who is also an artist is in a band called Small Town Poets. He literally just posted on Facebook uh, the day before we recorded this that um, there was... Uh, all of a sudden, Amazon Music was second for their streaming platforms that they are are spiking on. So it went from Spotify, mm -hmm. Apple, whatever else, to Spotify, Amazon Music. And he's implying that Amazon Music is 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 projected or or positioned to overtake his Spotify listeners as a band. So the reason I bring that up is mm -hmm. Amazon has kind of been this Trojan horse stealth streaming service yeah. where you know initially everyone was just like. Yeah, well, they just wanted to add something to keep people in the ecosystem. It's an older audience, a.k.a. ignore them and so forth. But because of their ecosystem play, they're just gradually um, grabbing more and more uh, market share as they Don't go. So it'll be really interesting so to good. see what happens with Amazon Music. Obviously, we're working from home, guys. We got kids coming in out. Trish just <laughs> done an amazing job of getting tons of work <laughs> Sorry, done. She sent them off on a scavenger hunt and they showed back up in the middle of our podcast they didn't they weren't able to find the thing that they were looking for but we will we'll solve that problem later um yeah it, it, amazon is is really interesting and it's you know it'd be so interesting to compare um what what groups feel like they're doing particularly well um and where you know are there are there particular genres that people go to etc um and there's some talk about you know it's baked into prime so how much is it really but if you're looking at actual streams that of course is is um, is a different. Well, question. the other thing you'll remember at the Isolator Innovate Summit that we just had a couple a couple weeks ago, uh, Mark Mulligan from Media Research was talking about what are the the. Uh, the, the 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 essential needs that humans have right now under lockdown and during the pandemic, and he talked about how this lockdown, work from home, remote work, all this stuff is really pushing from the mobile device over to the smart speaker. And so another thing mm -hmm. that Amazon probably benefits from is that if you are a Prime member and you've got a Amazon smart speaker, you're probably going to be listening more using that device, which is actually a, 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 a more frictionless. We've talked about ambient technology as a factor to take into to account in the future of music listening. It's a it's a it's a less it has less friction than a mobile because on mobile you got to turn it on, you got to unlock it you got to find your streaming service you got to select something whereas literally with your speaker you don't have to take out a device you just say hey device play small town poets and boom you're listening to it right away so the more people are home probably is a benefit for for amazon music because they have such a large market share on smart speakers now tristra we can't not talk about live streaming you put uh -huh. that on our list uh, <laughs> obviously with the entire crash of live music in the music industry, um, all of a sudden live streaming became something, instead of being the step sibling, it became the sexy step sibling of, of, uh, of the music industry. Although yeah. um, this is a strange step sibling because they, they act a little <laughs> bit weird. You're not really sure where they stand with money. Um, you know, they, they're, they're a little bit outside of social norms. Uh, so uh, let's talk about live streaming for yeah. a minute. It, it was really interesting because you went from this like the, the weirdo kids that are doing strange things on Twitch and there are they gamers are they YouTubers like what the hell are these people um, and that was sort of the, the the stereotype people had of live streaming though there were always um, you know folk artists and a bunch of other artists who had somehow built a little 
little empire for themselves on live streaming. Well, very small little, little teeny tiny. Empire. Anyway, um, I mean, you know, it's folk music. You always, you want the little one, the little empire. Um, anyway, the, um, and then as, you know, with, with the whole change in um, how we lived our lives, um, all of a sudden we find out there's like all of these live streaming startups. There's all of these options about monetization um, that Twitch is pretty good for music, I guess, um, it, depending on what you want to do. Like if you just want to broadcast to the biggest possible audience or Instagram is great for um, DJ club nights, um, you know, all these things that we didn't know. And um, I think the cool thing that's happening really fast is because it's come out of the shadows so quickly, uh, we're really people are thinking really hard about, okay, maybe deliberately about how can we maximize this? How can we create something that is a um, quality um, a <laughs> quality funnel? They can move from just broadcasting and exposure and all that stuff that we know doesn't work very well for artists, um, for most artists, uh, and move to something where I can invite you to uh, what is essentially an intimate private space where I can interact with you as a human and present my music and play for you and talk to you and have um, all sorts of extra things that aren't really just like a social post of my lunch or like I'm in the studio. I mean, feels like more in depth, more human and frankly, kind of exciting probably for depending on for some artists. Um, to share their creative world in a more substantive way with people who really care um, and are willing to, to you know, pay a, an entry fee in order to um, enjoy that. So it's it's kind of a, it's we're at a really interesting moment. It's going to be really cool to see what creative stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some creative stuff happening right got, now. I know your kids make music, so we might hear some music in the background, unless you've got their computer that they use for that. I, I have the main um, music hub here, so we won't be hearing any, one of my one of my kids likes to make club beats or something that sounds like um, Zanakis goes to the circus. Yeah, I mean, the whole live streaming thing is still playing out. You know, it literally was something that, that most of the music industry seemed like they were sort of like might test like several years ago and then it just didn't fulfill like fans weren't engaging enough but now it's the only choice and um and and so it's been interesting to see the conversations about monetization so much free music has been floating around in terms of live streaming um people just saying look i'm not going to just sit home and not do anything so i'm going to try this but i don't know if people will pay for it so we'll do lots of free stuff and then maybe test out ticketing versus fan engagement models and so forth. Everything from buying emojis on Twitch to um, tip jars via PayPal or Venmo, all the way to something like Topeka.live, which we interviewed on a previous uh, podcast, where you could actually buy like a VIP experience, a one-on-one. -on -one. Basically what Trisha and I are doing now, I could be paying Trisha $400 for an hour of her time so we get to chat because she's a famous musician or 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 just a musician that I love or have her serenade my my spouse or you know who knows like my, my kids will happily do that for about yeah. a dollar so just 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 out just That's just more of a out fiber there. kind of experience so, yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, another thing that's super interesting, interesting about live streaming is will it stick not only for performers, but also for fans, you know, uh, over time, will people want that type of experience? But then again, there's new mediums forming too. you know, whether it's the Twitch experience or um, soccer mommy did. It's not in performance, but played played uh, Stardew Valley on YouTube while her friends were chatting with her so she could um, 
she could answer. This is something we learned about in the Isolate or Innovate Forum as well. Um, she could answer and interact with fans in another kind of way. I mean, obviously, if she's going to play video games anyway, you know, that's an easy way for engagement. Exactly. But whatever habits both fans and artists are creating now, some of them are bound to stick. New new formats are emerging. Mm -hmm. um, people are getting used to new habits and so forth. So, I definitely think games. Um, you know, are. Uh, just like live streaming, like playing in a game or having a game experience that's related to music or music performances has gotten mainstream really fast as well. And um, the interesting thing, too, is you have this sort of super high end, like the Travis Scott Fortnite thing, which apparently, you know, the budget was massive. You had a whole team of developers and illustrate. It's, it's, a, it's a huge endeavor, just like a big um, national tour would be right. You'd have the same size of crew and the same kind of personnel expenses. Um, then you have really lo-fi things that people are doing. Um, and, you know, while I'm sure, you know, if you look at like Diplo or whatever um, in Minecraft, it's it's fancier and more developed. But like, I think Charlie XCX did something that was just like pretty off the cuff. She's like, I don't know what Minecraft is, but here I am. I'm spinning records. Yeah, like it was it was uh, it was pretty fun. So there are many ways that um, I think musicians are figuring out how to get into games or, or to reach their audiences via games. And I love that that simple like soccer mommy example, because it's like she's not hiring, you know, 20 people to develop a virtual soccer mommy experience where there's like exploding yeah. shit and <laughs> skins right. and all that. Um, anyway, yeah. so. <laughs> so um, I think we've only got about 10 minutes till you've got another thing to go to. So we should probably pick up the pace here. Um, one of the ones that I think we should at least mention is Rise of Podcasts. Obviously, over the last a uh, year and a half, we've seen Spotify make some big acquisitions we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. um, they've made even more kind of content uh, moves recently. And yep, Joe exactly. Rogan. Which reminds <laughs> me of the moment when Sirius XM did their deals with Howard Stern and uh, NPR hosts and Bob Edwards and, and things like that that really ended up driving content over there. So they, I, I feel like they took a page that, from there. Obviously, people are saying, well, podcasts are cheaper to pay for than music. There's no licensing issues. And then it gives them a second chance to advertise as well, whether within the podcast or with through the app with native ads. Um, but I think that's just just thinking about the audio experience. I mean, our client Super Hi-Fi just um, helped Sonos launch their audio experience, which has a lot to do with how you bring in both music and non-music audio and and use AI and other tools to make them seamless to create an audio experience. It's another kind of ecosystem play. Again, Mark Mulligan from Media talked at our event uh, last week about um, context music and contextual formats. And I think that podcast, whereas, uh, you know, uh, Spotify might, you know, make music for different experiences if it's within a podcast experience the music is part of whatever people are already doing which is kind of interesting um you want to talk about ai speaking of ai <laughs> sure i always like to talk about ai um ai it was funny when we first started the podcast ai was like this like whoa like what is gonna happen like no and then there was a lot of mixed reactions both the sort of of on the more like tech friendly side of like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to solve all these problems. It's going to do all these things. And then the, you know, the, the musicians who are like, but I'm a songwriter and I have a soul and computers don't have souls. And you still see some of that dialogue going on back and forth. Um, I mean, obviously that's probably going to go on 
for decades and generations um, in various shapes and forms. But um, AI kind of has reached a, a, a uh, maybe even like a new plateau. I'm sure there's there's gradual progress being made, but there's a lot of really cool things that people have figured out how to do both on the generative side and on the sort of labeling, tagging, um, dealing with huge bodies of data and surfacing interesting things for professional or other, uh, you know, fun uses. Um, so it's kind of settling into a groove in the industry and playing some really specific roles, whether it's like generating an endless stream of meditative music or helping you alter beats to suit your running experience um, to, you know, something that's more along the lines of like, I really need to find a song that sounds like birthday cake, help me AI, and it pulls it out of your, you know, 2 million track catalog or whatever. Um, so there's, there's, it, so there's kind of like these distinct areas that have developed in the last two years. Um, and, you know, Maybe and all the 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 technology itself, some of it has become open source and kind of a commodity already. And so, um, in some ways, the, that's great because people can actually make more um, make it more useful instead of it being like a whiz bang. Like here, sign this check for a couple million dollars for my bizarre startup. Um, it's actually these the AI is actually helping us now and is coalesced into useful right. tools. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it started with a kind of a, a lot of fear and and and, um, and concern, and now it feels like it's kind of leveled out as a as a tool that's useful in a lot of different ways. Um, and of course, when we see a, a hit that's very AI driven or that's derivative using AI from somebody else's work, I think the controversy will emerge again. But um, but it's also nice to mm -hmm. see that there's some progress being made that's less threatening to a job and more feels more like oh great we've got a new type of pickaxe you know it's awesome let's now, <laughs> the now diamond pickaxe yeah, to get exactly, back to Minecraft right. <laughs> now that we're buried in, you can tell we both have 11 year old kids yeah. here guys <laughs> um, <laughs> now that we're buried in data you know there are some great functions that we couldn't use a regular pickaxe for that we've got mm -hmm. we've got to use potions to to really get them super uh, kind of supersized or or whatever. So, um, so uh, you know, speaking of which, there's been an explosion of creator tools, and that to me is a, is a new emergence. There's been for several years, obviously, and and really for decades, there's been more and more whether it's music making instruments and tools, or you know, audio sharing tools, all that kind of stuff. That's you know, SoundCloud's been around for a long time, but what we're seeing is more specific. Uh, kind of tools for creators, whether it's audio or video, whether it's um, what you would call a professional musician versus a, um, uh, an amateur musician. Those things are starting to make things merge in a way. And I think in the, since we launched the podcast, we've really seen DIY and independent music go from this like, yeah, they just don't have access to as much stuff to, to make a real go at a career, to people saying, wow, the, just the size, the long tail, which has kind of been poo-pooed for a long time, actually does matter when you think about the monetization and commercialization of music. And so you see a lot of companies that were solely focused on breaking bigger artists uh, acquiring companies, building tools, adding a distribution platform, all these things that show that they're like, oh, oh, maybe we should be paying attention to these 
you know, these these no name artists or these amateur artists or whatever, that A, it's a good AR funnel, but B, there really is a fattening of the tail. I know, I know the long tail, the book, the Chris Anderson book has been criticized tons, but it may just be that people didn't wait long enough to see what was happening. And there's still a role for big name artists as well, obviously, in the in the marketplace. I mean, you, there's been a couple articles lately um, debating, you know, with the, with the sort of rise, I'm thinking more from the media perspective of the rise of the Substack um, uh, newsletter and um, journalists making a decent living, um, not in a newsroom, but by getting subscriptions to a very specialized newsletter that has a very clear perspective. Um, how many people do you really need to fund your creative life? And, you know, there's a there's a, a long discussion we could have about how many professional musicians have there been over the history of humanity. And, and that, that, that history has yet to be like really well researched and written. Um, but I would argue that there are some interesting opportunities um, and you don't really need, you don't need to have, I mean, obviously if you're looking for money from a streaming platform, you do need scale, but if you have other things to offer, there are a lot of people out there who are, figuring out ways to have a decent life and make it okay living by having a hundred to a thousand passionate supporters. And we're not just talking about Patreon. We're talking about people who are piecing things together in a variety of different ways. So it's not as um, things are getting really interesting. And that, that middle section is, 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 as you said, I think getting a little thicker and fatter and, and broader. Um, and that can be frustrating for the people at the upper end who are like so close to being able to have a middle class lifestyle from their music or their creativity to like people who are like, hey, I do this as like a hobby, but I'm also like able to do cool stuff with the money I make and reinvest in my own projects. And, you know, there's all sorts of interesting variety out there. And um, it, it feels like it's very much like, again, coming together. So we don't really know how to categorize it very well yet. And a lot of the terms and economic like structures we used to think about it maybe not aren't don't serve very well anymore. Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm <laughs> getting well, a little meta no, here. That's part of music tectonics, right? We're looking beneath the surface yeah. <laughs> of music and tech to see what the bigger shifts are that are just barely emerging. That's what this episode's been about, but that's what the podcast is about. It's what our conference and our online events, our weekly Wednesdays, which we do at 12 p.m. on East, at 12 p.m. Eastern on various online platforms. We've been using Zoom, but we might try some other stuff soon. Um, so go to musictectonics.com to check that out. Before we wrap up real quick um trista one other thing that could shift that is the consolidation going on in the industry the ipos that are up we want to talk about that for just a brief minute before we wrap up yeah there's been sort of a renewed wave of financialization of the music business um whether it's through private equity or um you know public offerings and that is, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It means the industry is doing pretty well, right? Like investors don't flock to something that's like about to just, just self-destruct. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they do. It may um, also mean usually... that it's peaking, right? Because people like to, like that's to true. Uh, cash out at that moment. Of course, I, I don't think that's, that's totally right. true, but that's there's right. some risk involved with waiting. So. But consolidation, um, you know, as we've seen in in tech, can is a double edged sword. It can mean you have an amazing scale and can do really cool big things that are global. It can also mean that you um, are, are getting, you know, the bow constrictor is kind of strangling itself. <laughs> you, know, you're, you know, you're eating your own tail in the end, and there, there's no room for breakout ideas because you've got this big cumbersome structure. Um, you know. 
you know, that's that may or may not be true. And, 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 you know, startups aren't always coming up with the most original, um, crazy things yeah. anyway. Um, you know, see like, you know, van pizzas and all the other, you know, 15,000 scooter startups, right. all that kind of thing. But that said, um, you know, it is something to think about, like how, where are the ideas going to come from and how are artists going to be able to get their perspective, um, through, Unless there, I know there, there have been some organizing efforts lately that have been more, feel more substantial yeah. than um, past kind of things. Because it's a serious issue and artists are kind of saying they got to get together um, in some kind of way, shape yeah. or form to, con to, con <laughs> to deal with the consolidation. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, we saw a little <laughs> head sneak in. out there. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, this has been fun, Tristra. Um, you're, I guess we should do a shout out to all the parents who are working from home and, and, and uh, managing this amazing. And Trisha, you do such a great job at it. This has been cool <laughs> to see it on camera. I'm sure you love it. You haven't seen, well, I, you didn't see Yelly Mama, Mommy on camera, but yelly I, try, mommy? I try to keep Yelly Mommy <laughs> yeah, in, a, in, yeah. in the closet as much as possible. Um, she well, when the camera's on, on what the heck? But, yeah. but this has been music yeah, tectonics, you, like 100th episode <laughs> on video during the live lockdown during remote work um people are starting to open up but we're just testing out video let us know if you like seeing our faces or if you've just discovered music tectonics for the first time because it's on video i know people good friends of mine colleagues who are like yeah i've never listened to your podcast because i don't listen to any podcast but they may watch video they may read our blog things like that too so would love feedback on that make sure to sign up to the music tectonics newsletter at musictectonics.com you'll find out about our app which you can join right now at app dot musictectonics.com it's a music tech community it's where innovators are coming together to read articles that we curate but also introduce themselves do networking have conversations ask for advice we're giving out some free resources there we have a pivot worksheet which is a tool that any music tech startup can use to think through is it time to make some sort of pivot or to double down um, so go to the app and check that out make sure on the website to check out weekly webs days it's our weekly meetups and panels and things like that we'll also keep you posted on the occasional online event that's a full day or two and we'll keep you posted about the music tectonics conference that we currently have planned for la in october um trista this has been fun thanks for coming back on with me Oh, it's always fun. Thanks. Can't, can't think of anything more fun than talking about music tech, yeah, actually. it's awesome. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Subscribe right. wherever you're listening, whether it's uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. Glad to have you. And stay posted for more. See you soon. Bye. listening to Music Tectonics.